Hello, listening audience. This is Bruce First, CEO of iRock Space Radio, broadcasting to you from the iHeartRadio platform. Today, I am excited to premiere the Captain B Show, a place where people, technology, and space mythology collide. My crew includes, behind the scenes at Mission Control, the beautiful Bree, and my trusted co-pilot, Amber who will now tell us about the celebrity we are interviewing today and why this topic impacts all people on planet Earth. Amber? Oh, thank you, Captain B. Today we're talking about the 1953 cult classic movie, Invaders from Mars. This is a film that has been frightening audiences for generations. Yes, it's that film where the young boy learns that space aliens are taking over the minds of Earthlings. Today, we have that little boy with us in the studio. He's actually all grown up, and his name is Jimmy Hunt. Well, hello there. Can we call you Mr. Jimmy Hunt, David McLean? What do you want us to address you as, please? Just call me Jimmy. All right, Jimmy. You got it. Well, go ahead, Amber, my trusted co-pilot. Well, Jimmy, we'd like to hear about your first film and how are you discovered? Okay. Well, my first film was a movie called High Barbary, and it was uh, with Van Johnson and June Allison, and it, it was uh, made in 1947, and I was discovered, and I'm going to say I was at the right place at the right time. I was going to school uh, grammar school, about six blocks from MGM. We lived over in, near the Culver City area. And uh, they came. They couldn't find anybody in Hollywood to play the role. Came to school, picked a few of us out. And because of my freckles and curly hair, which I despised, um, they, I, got, I got the part. <laughs> and so that was the start. Well, I, I got to interject one thing here. When you talk about your freckles and curly hair, you were the epitome of the cute kid in that day and age. That kid who peered out the window in between the curtains and saw the Martian spaceship. I'll never forget that moment because I remember what you said. Your first words on screen. Gee whiz. Right? Oh, hey, yes. <laughs> That's true. Gee whiz. Now, they, uh, a kid nowadays looking out the window would say something different. But, uh, <laughs> well, later on in this interview, I want to ask you if you've had any gee whiz moments about life in general. But go ahead, Amber. Um, did you work with any notable directors, producers, cinematographers? Well, you know, since we're talking about Invaders from Mars, I guess the most famous um, production guy in, 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 in the industry would be... Uh, Cameron Menzies. And so, um, yeah, I, and I never realized being a child, uh, I went to, I went to work, so to speak. I took my little, my little, uh, lunch pail and I went to work and, uh, and the director told me what he wanted me to do. And I tried to, you know, tried to please him. And uh, so I didn't know, you know, my parents even had to explain to me, who the stars of the movie were, you know, like oh, you're working with uh, with Glenn Ford. Well, you know, Glenn Ford didn't mean much to 
you know, an eight-year-old kid, you know. Well, Jimmy, I have a question for you, and thank you. But, you know, as long as we're talking about these movies that you've been in, can you give us an approximate number of movies slash TV shows that you appeared in during your career? In the seven years that I was active, I made 42 movies. Wow. (laughs) Wow. We've got a veteran here, a pro. Okay. That's impressive. (laughs) I mean, they they worked me to death and they put me out to dry. That was it. (laughs) Well, I hope they fed you well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess they did. I mean, it was completely different than it is nowadays when you go on. The set now, they've got the craft services, and it's there all day for you to go and eat. And in our days, it was, they gave you a, you, you broke for lunch, and you went and got lunch wherever you could get it, you know. Oh, wow. Jimmy, when you made Invaders from Mars, what was the general public's thoughts on alien life, if any? I think that, that you know, it's, I don't know how far back you can go, but people I've always wondered if if we if it was just us here in in the universe or was there other beings somewhere? And I think you know it, it's always been around. It's been in the back of people's minds, I believe. Uh, I remember as a kid. I mean, I used to um, draw a lot of uh, spaceships, and uh, one of my favorite artists was a gentleman by the name of um, Vincent DeFate. And he can draw the greatest spaceships in the whole world. And uh, I, I just, uh, so I've, I've kind of been interested in that era or area. And uh, just kind of, um, I think, you know, everybody sometime in their life has wondered if there's somebody else out there. Sure. Uh, you know, there was a soundtrack on this movie, which used synthesizers. Do you remember that at all, the, what the music sounded like? Oh, I know that the, the music, you know, when it came to the point where the sand started to part and, and uh, they were going to suck somebody down, um, that music came on. And, it, and that, and I know it was a great influence upon Steven Spielberg right. when he did Jaws. And he used the same thing in that with the bum, 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 when, when the shark was coming. Right. So, uh, yeah, no, that music, when people heard that music, they knew something bad was going to happen. Right. It, it was a foreshadow. It, you Right away, you had that foreshadow of something bad happening, as you say. Now, I have another question. While making the movie, did you ever hear any conversations like, what if this really happened today? Did anybody really address it on a serious note? I not to you know, not to me and not to my knowledge. Uh, you know, it was uh, we made that movie on a, on, a, on a pretty stringent budget, and uh, so we were there only for like three and a half, maybe four weeks at the most. So we were just busy making movies. Where, when you say we were there, where was the movie filmed? Uh, it was filmed at uh, Republic Studios, and uh, they have a large stage there and I want to say it's the some Norman uh, stage I'm not quite sure what it was but they filmed almost the entire movie okay okay but it was in Los Angeles it was in Los Angeles oh yeah right there yeah right Republic Studios which no longer exists okay great okay all right go ahead Amber 
as a child filming this, were aliens a scary notion? Like being on set, was it scary? Or did you go home at night and think, oh, this is kind of scary as a child? Like I said, because we were under such uh, time restraints and trying to get this done, uh, when I went home at night, my big, big thing was to take off the makeup, uh, have dinner, and then study my lines for the next day. And so, you know, my mom and dad helped me with that. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I didn't really think too much about it. I mean, they were very good. They brought me in a couple of days early uh, before the film was, we started filming and they introduced me to the, the mutants, the, the two <laughs> big guys. The mutants. And uh, oh I mean, they were big. Oh, I mean, they were huge. I mean, uh, I think Max Palmer was pretty close to eight foot tall and, and then Locke Martin was like seven, nine, and oh, he wow. had to have, he had to wear lifts because they wanted to make him the same size as Max Palmer. Wow. Now, were people scared of the movie when it came out? Was this, was this a scary movie or was it more entertainment? Maybe for the grown-ups it was entertainment, but for the kids and a whole generation of kids, I get fan letters from them. I also get fan, let, fan letters from, from their children and who have seen it because their parents were scared. <laughs> and they said it just, I'm going to use their, their, their words, it scared the crap out of them. <laughs> and, they were, and they were afraid to go to bed at night. And, they, and most of them wouldn't go anywhere that there was sand. Oh, wow. So they didn't go to the beach. They didn't go to the beach for a long time. You know, Jimmy, was this component of this fear factor, what you attribute to this movie becoming so iconic and withstanding the test of time, why it's still relevant today? Is it because of the fear factor or something else? A little bit of the fear factor, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that at the beginning of the film, you see you know, little David with his family great parents. Right. And then all of a sudden they get sucked under and now they've changed completely. And now here's this little kid who cannot, everywhere he turns for help, these people have already been contacted by the aliens and they've got this thing in the back of their neck. And uh, so he's, it's, it's like this one little kid against the world, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And he's out there trying to take on the deal and and I, it's amazing to me how much uh, they they give to the kid to, to understand, I guess, you know, because he's a little uh, kind of a nerd of his time in a way that he knows all about space. And stuff and, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 a thing wherein uh, it's not trusting people that you put so much faith in. Sure. Sure. Well, that, that would be the epitome of a fear factor for a little kid who his parents, the all the local authorities, everybody has already had the mind transfer and he can't trust them. Now, I got a question for you, though. Of all the special effects, which one was your favorite in that movie? Uh, well, I've got a couple. OK, that's one fine. Was, one was working with the big guys. I mean, that was kind of neat. Because those guys are huge. And then working uh, 
As a child in the movies, you worked with a lot of small people. And so Billy Curtis and all that whole gang of his, uh, you know, from Wizard of Oz and the whole sure. thing, they, oh my. They, they were there. So that was kind of a neat thing. Another thing was the fact that it was something that they had to explain to me because I didn't realize. But as you see, they, the, the, uh, the Martians running through the tunnels and you see the kind of the inside of, of the tunnels and you see it looks like balloons are hanging right. on the wall, right? Well, what they used was uh, they used condoms. Oh. And so they had to explain oh, to me what that was. I mean, I had okay. no idea. You know, well, we were old. And so starting early back uh, then, go ahead. <laughs> well, that was it. That was the okay. They didn't let me go any than that, but but yeah, because you had that translucent uh, feature that that gave with that that type of uh, latex or whatever it was. Okay. Well, thank you. Now, Amber, my trusted co-pilot, <laughs> has the last question. Amber, what is it? Well, I had. A personal question, and I'm wondering if you've had any experience or seen anything in the sky that would make you believe in alien life form. It's funny that you should ask, Amber. Yes. Funny that you should ask. Uh, yes, I did have an experience. It was after the movie was made, and I probably was about 14 years old, and I, I was, I think, I think I was out of the movies by that time. Uh, I had retired early, <laughs> and uh, I was walking down our street, and uh, we had a neighbor that he uh, he, he provided chauffeur-driven uh, cars for the studios, and so he was down there kind of cleaning up one of his Cadillacs, and as I walked by, we both looked up in the sky just at the same time, and we both saw this silver metallic type object. It looked maybe far away, like maybe a big, oh, I don't know, a cigar or something like that. I mean, it was really kind of long and, and it was traveling at a pretty high rate of speed. And all of a sudden it made a 90 degree turn. Wow. Well, an airplane can't do that. Fascinating. Wow. And we both, we both looked at each other and said, hey, we just, I think we just saw a spaceship. So, yeah, I do. And, yes, do I believe that there are people, other forms of life out there? Yes. Because the universe is too big and too immense to think that we're the only form of life. Absolutely. Jimmy, thank you so much. Now, I have a comment, not really a question, but a little bit of the backstory, and you can elaborate as you think uh, you desire. But I understand that your granddaughter is the one that has been behind the new release of this film, and that it's actually available for people to purchase if they want to by going to the website. Is that correct? Is there anything you want to add to that? Oh, yeah, right. I will. Yes. My granddaughter uh, is pretty uh, a pretty special kind of person. She, uh, when she was a little girl, she used to, we used to ask her what she wanted to be in life, and she always said she wanted to be a celebrity. 
Well, she's she's made it. I mean, she's made it. She's been uh, Miss Hollywood, Miss uh, Woodland Hills, Miss Simi Valley. She's also um, been uh, been working in a lot of the movies behind the scenes in production. I just want to thank her for all that stuff and sort of bringing the legacy back to life. Um, yeah, you can get face on Facebook. You can go to Invaders from Mars. On Twitter and Instagram, you can do From Mars 1953. And then you can purchase and shop online at ignite-films.com. And through the generosity of you and your granddaughter, we at iRock Space Radio over the iHeartRadio global platform are going to be able to offer a contest where if people will go to our site, that is iRockSpaceRadio.com, they can enter to win a free copy of the movie. And so that's going to be ongoing, and we'll put that up on the platform when we air this show. So, Amber, anything you want to say before we sign off? No, it's just such an honor to talk to someone who is in such a cult classic. I agree, 100%. It's my honor that you'd actually want to do this interview with me. Also, I look back at it, and I think 70 years ago, when we we made the movie, I never thought, well, I didn't think I'd even be alive by now. <laughs> but uh, the fact that... Uh, you know, here we are, and the legacy's going on, and there's another generation of kids that are going to be scared to go to to go to the beach. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you so much for your time thank, today, thank Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. A real pleasure. Oh, thank you, guys. We appreciate you. To win a copy of Invaders from Mars, go to irockspaceradio.com. That's I-R-O-C space radio dot com. Signing off, Earthlings. Until next time, Captain B, over and out. Glided all the way.